Welcome to our new podcast series, Round Rock Sunday Sermons. My name is Brad Britton, Senior Pastor at First United Methodist Church of Round Rock. Uh, we are so glad you've connected with us. You can connect in different ways through social media, through our live streams on Facebook or YouTube, our website, fumc-rr.org. Use hashtag fumcrr. Also, please leave a five-star review. We are here to walk with you and look forward to seeing you soon, however you join in. In the very near future, we'll be adding community missions to these podcasts, so stay plugged in to find out how you can help. We want you to know that we want to get to know you, to connect with you, and be the church where you can plug in and grow in your faith in Christ. And so thank you. We welcome you, and let's take this journey together. You may be seated. Thank you, Ms. Scarlett, and thank you, Ben, for leading us in worship today. Let's give them a big hand again. Oh, my God. Tell you, I have felt like I've been in the presence of God, and that's why we are here today. And the Advent decorations, the Christmas decorations are beautiful. Thank you to everyone who made this possible. Advent's a special Season in the life of the church is that time of waiting for the coming of the Lord in our lives. Uh, just a show of hands, how many of you enjoy a really long wait? Uh, hands are going up everywhere, not. They are not. I was reminded of my problem with waiting well uh, during my drive from Houston this past week when we were coming back from a family reunion, me and a thousand billion other people on the road. The speed limit sign said 75 miles per hour. My dash read 13 miles per hour. I'm like, what are you all doing on the road? Go away. I am the guy behind you in the express line at the grocery store when you're supposed to only have 10 items. Well, I'm counting your items in your cart for you. I'm probably the only one who's ever done that. But I have a weight problem, and uh, I think a lot of us do. Our one-click world, our same-day delivery world makes us very impatient people. And um, so we all, I think, can relate to that. But spiritually, waiting is actually very important, is it not? Spiritually, we know that God is found in the waiting. Waiting has a way of reminding us all that we are not in control. And, um, but if we wait long enough, if our prayers go unanswered long enough, it does something different in our souls. We become discouraged, and that disappointment begins to grow in our souls, and we begin to question whether God is present, whether God cares, whether God is even interested in our lives. That silence can be deafening to us spiritually. Well, the Christmas story is actually framed in silence and waiting, in disappointment, and in unanswered prayer. It doesn't begin in Bethlehem, and it doesn't even begin with Mary and Joseph. It begins instead in Jerusalem with a really old couple 
that none of us would even know about if Dr. Luke hadn't written about them in his gospel. The Christmas story actually begins in Luke chapter 1 with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah was the priest in the temple, and Luke tells their story for us as scarlet red. Luke describes them. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. In other words, they were really good people. You would have thought they would have been Methodists, right? The way they obeyed everything. But Luke's next words would have created a gasp in his audience and readers because the very next words were this, but they were childless. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they both were very old. This would have shocked the readers of the day because a woman's value was seen at that culture in that time as her ability to birth children and to have children. And children would have been a sign that someone's life was favored and blessed by God. Though we know better today, in that time, Zechariah and Elizabeth would have been shocking news at their childlessness. They were good people after all. And when you're good, then good things come to you. When you obey God, he will hashtag bless you and take care of you. But here we have some really good and righteous people who had no children. Here we had people that said they were following after God, but were they actually? What sin was lurking in their lives? Why was God punishing them? That would have been the gossip that would have been going on around them because childlessness only came to people whose lives were full of sin. You can imagine the isolation on top of their disappointment and discouragement because Zachariah and Elizabeth had prayed and prayed for children all their lives. So this 2,000-year-old story, I believe, still speaks to us today. We all try to live really good lives, don't we? And But if we live long enough, we realize that disappointments come along with everything that goes along with life. And we pray and pray and pray. We pray for healing, not only in our bodies and in our souls, but for relationships. We pray for months and years, even decades for that. We pray and pray for employment. We pray for years and years for a spouse to share life with. And those hopes and prayers and dreams sometimes go decades unanswered. The reality is we're all praying for something. We're all praying for someone in our lives. And if you are, which I know you are, My encouragement and invitation to you today is to hold those things in your heart once again before God as we explore the story of Zechariah. Because I think in Zechariah's story, you're going to discover your own story because his day came and your day 
will come. That's the hope of Advent, and that is the story of Zechariah. Zechariah's one day arrived when he least expected it. Luke writes about it in verse 8. He writes, one day, I want everybody to say one day, one day, one day, when Zechariah's division was on duty, and his division would have been like 18,000 priests, right? When his division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot, randomly, to go into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. So after decades of unanswered prayer, so after decades of just showing up and doing the right thing, his day came to him. One day arrived for Zechariah, and you and I know that one day, one decision, one experience, one encounter, one answer to prayer can change everything in our lives and even change the, the trajectory of our lives forever. And that one day came to Zechariah in verse 8. So out of the 18,000 priests, Zechariah was chosen, not so randomly, but by God, to go into the temple, to light the incense, to raise the, the prayers of the people to God. But as he went into the Holy of Holies, Zechariah discovered that he was not by himself. This is what Luke says happens. Then the angel of the Lord, we know that was Gabriel, appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. Of course he was. He was standing before an angel of God. Everywhere in the Bible that people encountered angels, they were gripped with fear. Why? Because angels are not chubby babies. They are mighty warriors and messengers from God. No wonder Zechariah was gripped with fear. And the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. What prayer? Zechariah was reminded by Gabriel of a prayer that was long forgotten in Zechariah's soul. A prayer that he had given up even praying, I am sure. The angel said to Zechariah, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call him John. We know him as John the Baptist. So Gabriel was telling Zechariah, Zach, congratulations, you're going to have a baby, and he's going to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. You would have thought that Zechariah had heard the best news of his life. Certainly, it was the best day of his career, getting that, that honor of lighting the incense in the, in the temple. And now he was just um, had been greeted by the angel with such good news. You can imagine after decades of praying, Zechariah said, praise be to God. I've waited for this my whole life. Let's get after this. Let's do it. But that's not exactly what happened. For some reason, Zechariah felt like he needed more information. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife, and he catches himself, thanks be to God, my wife is well on in years. Folks, that is in the Bible. I'm not misquoting. Take note, men. Anyway, 
Zechariah is skeptical and he's not sure how to respond. And really, who can blame them? God has been silent for 400 years. The last prophet was Malachi, the last book of your Old Testament. And God hadn't shown up in a prophet or his voice hadn't been known for 400 years, 400 years of silence and waiting. And then God sneaks up on on Zechariah in the Holy of Holies and he tells him, you're going to have a baby boy in your old age. And he tells him the Messiah is coming. No wonder he didn't know how to respond. No wonder he was confused a bit and skeptical. It was a lot for him to take in. I am really old. I'm not sure how all of this is going to happen. Well, the angel Gabriel is not amused. And he tells and reminds Zechariah, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and he has sent me to personally deliver to you this great and glorious good news. And Zechariah would say, well, I'm speechless. And the angel would say, yes, you are. And he put him on mute. Gave him a bad case of angelic laryngitis. This is what it says. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silenced and unable to speak. And if we read the entirety of Luke chapter 1 and study the language there, it's a pretty good chance that he was not only mute, but he was deaf. You will be unable to speak until the child is born. And then one of my favorite verses, for my words will certainly be fulfilled in their appointed time. Honestly, We're pretty rough with Zechariah, but I really believe that it's a wonder that any of us and all of us haven't been put on mute because we all doubt God's word and God's promises from time to time. Some of us have questions and difficulty believing all the miracles of the Bible. So we have honest questions that we're trying to explore, and this is a safe place to explore those things. But most of us are very much like Zechariah, and our doubts arise out of past disappointments in our lives. Things happen in our lives that don't quite line up with our vision of the goodness of God or our version of God in the world. And it seems difficult for us because of our disappointment to keep on praying and to keep on believing that God is at work in our lives. Luke does a wonderful job in the first chapter of his gospel in contrasting Zechariah's doubt and skepticism with Mary's belief. And we, we love Mary and we know all about her, how the same angel Gabriel visited her and told this young 13, 14-year-old girl, you're going to have a baby and it's going to be God's baby. And she asked an honest question, a curious one, how can this be? I'm a virgin, and the Holy Spirit, the, Gabriel told her the Holy Spirit would come upon you, and nothing's impossible with God. And Mary's response was one is belief, and she said, Be it done to me according to thy word. And we want to emulate that faith in our lives, do we not? But there's also a part of me that just wonders 
Was it so easy for Mary to believe because she was so young? Zechariah, on the other hand, had lived a lot of life. And he had experienced a lot of disappointment. He and Elizabeth had prayed and pleaded for a child. Not just for years, but for decades. They had gone to the temple and did the right thing and sacrifices year after year after year after year. Still, no child filled their house and only disappointment filled their hearts. It's tough on them. Elizabeth at the time would have been well beyond childbearing age. And so for 40 years or so, Zechariah and Elizabeth would have walked in that wilderness of barrenness and infertility. Some of you are very familiar with that wilderness. You've prayed and pleaded with God for a child. You've gone to the doctors. You've done all the procedures. You've even looked into adopting, but still, no child's in your home. Just disappointment in your heart. And you're afraid to open up that wound. You're afraid to dare to believe again. This is where Zachariah was in his life. Perhaps it was hard for him to open up his heart to what God would want to do. So I have a lot of compassion on that old man. During one of my deployments in the Air Force, I was stationed with a commander who I was convinced just truly hated me. He was rude to me and, and ugly to me, frankly, very publicly so, and that people noticed. And one day, it was very late one night, after months of being deployed together and being treated this way, I walked by his office and he said something snarky, ugly to me, like he normally did. And he even said to me, why don't you pack your bags and just go home? We don't need you here. I stopped in my tracks and I said a quick prayer and I went into his office and I sat in the metal chair right in front of his desk. And I said, sir, which is what you say in the military, sir, you've been rude to me ever since I got here. Why don't you tell me what's really going on? And as I sat there, I waited for a few moments, knowing that I would likely be thrown out of his office. Instead, he began to share his story with me. He told me that on his last deployment, his wife became suddenly ill and died, and he wasn't there for her. No one was there for her. And I, as a chaplain, represented God to him and I was a constant reminder that not even God was with his wife when she died. Disappointment filled his soul. We ended up talking for hours and praying that God would begin a work of healing 
and hope in his life. Disappointment has a way of making it very difficult for us to believe and trust God. This morning, if you've ever been disappointed or discouraged, or if your prayers have ever gone unanswered year after year after year, this service is for you. Zachariah's story is for you. Zach is your guy today. Because his story is filled with so much hope and so much grace from God. This was a new insight for me as I read his story. Even though Zachariah was put on mute, even though he didn't believe just right, even though he didn't behave just right, God was going to do it anyway. Remember what the angel said, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at their appointed time in spite of you, Zacharias. That is good, good news for you and me. God worked with Zachariah in spite of his doubt and skepticism. And God has a way of using discouraged, disappointed, doubting, skeptical people to do his work, his way, in his time, in spite of us. God was going to do it anyway because God loves us anyway. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at their appointed time. Maybe you're thinking, well, now, come on, Pat. The angel disciplined, punished Zechariah, put him on mute. And that's true. He did. But Zechariah would have seen that as a gift. We tend to want to jump to Mary and experience the faith and, and just un, a tremendous uh, strength of Mary's soul. But when we do that in the Christmas story, we miss the grace that's found where us common people live. Zechariah was on mute for nine months until that child was born. And when he was finally allowed to speak, he did not say, wow, that was so tough. I can't believe God was so mean to me and rough on me. And I have so much to talk to Elizabeth about right now. I'm not sure Elizabeth would have been that excited to hear that news, right? No, the first words out of Zechariah's mouth were praise and worship to God. God had closed Zechariah's mouth and possibly his ears, so he could tune out the world and listen to what God would say to him, so his soul would be turned to his heavenly Father. And this is what he said in the first moment, the first words that came out of his mouth. Praise to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and redeemed his people because of the tender mercy of our God. In the silence, in the waiting, even in the disappointment and doubt, Zechariah discovered the beautiful, impossible love and grace of God in his life. And this is good news for us 
Because if God did that for Zechariah, God would do that for you and me. God has not forgotten us. That is the message of Advent. God sees you. God hears you. God remembers the prayers you offered long ago and have forgotten about. God remembers the dreams you have given up on. Advent reminds us that God is coming into our lives and that our one day can be this day because our loving and merciful God is present with us. Somebody needs to hear that today. And it's the truth. What are you holding in your heart this morning? In light of the love and grace and mercy that God showed Zechariah, could you possibly dare to believe again? What are you waiting for? Let's pray. As you sit there in your seats, and if you're watching online, I would invite you to close your eyes and breathe in, breathe out. Lay your hands on your lap or extend your palms upward, gently lifting your prayers to God. What are your prayers? What are your dreams? What are the longings of your soul for yourself, for your loved ones, for your future? Release them again into the loving arms of our Heavenly Father. Our God, you are the one who sees us and you are the one who hears us. Hear our prayers this morning. Hold us and hold our dreams by your grace forever in your love. Help us, our God, to trust in you and to dare to believe again. We pray this in the name of the one who mercifully loves us, our soon coming King, Jesus. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.org.